This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Episode of the EMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pass as well as Triangle On, as well as CEO of Colmart, which offers digital and sales services for the pest and lawn industries. And with me, as always, is the highly sought after, highly motivated, and highly of the highest, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say, well, hello to our audience, and then also introduce our topic this morning. Sure. Morning, everybody. Uh, Dan Gordon, PCO Bookkeepers, PCO MA Specialists, and uh, highly of highly, and um, <laughs> of highliest, <laughs> of highliest. And uh, this morning, this is kind of an interesting topic because people have been asking me about this um, more so, um, you know. Um, for the last couple of years, business has been a lot easier than it's been in the past or maybe in the future because there was so much money around and everything was going great. But uh, a lot of people are saying, well, what's the next phase? What do I need to do? I need to bring in some management. I need to bring in some professional people who can help me grow or help me, you know, weather the next storm. And um, I've heard this uh, th this question several times already. So I thought that this would be a really good topic. but uh, um, basically, what the topic is, is management compensation planning. But uh, before we begin, uh, Donnie actually pointed out something that was um, absolutely right. And uh, we have to do some disclaimers. So uh, um, yes. attorney Donnie Shelton will uh, disclaim. Allow me. Allow me here. Yes. No, we before we started this, by the way, if, if everyone has not figured this out, I think it's hilarious that we tell people good morning. I have no clue when you're listening to this. It's probably not morning. Who knows? I don't know. We record in the morning mainly because it's fun to watch Dan, uh, you know, wake up. And it's and that's usually when I, at least I can have somewhat of a coherent thought. But no, the disclaimers we were talking about, and I, and I said this before we started recording is, you know, in general, this is all broad information. We are not experts, certainly are not like, you know, there are people out there who are well more qualified than we are to talk about this. I mean, what this episode is going to be about is just kind of the broad structure of things that you need to think about as you, you know, as you think about, I mean, how am I going to compensate my managers? How am I going to compensate my leaders? What does that mean? Am I going to incentivize the right things? And so we're going to be talking more about structure. In way, no way, shape, form, you know, you need to take this out to professionals who really do this every day because there's going to be legal out, you know, there's going to be legal issues you have to deal with in your state. There may be some things that we say that you can't do in your state or that you can. Um, but, but in general, and I, I don't know why I'm lowering up on this one. I don't, I just, this is so unlike me, but I will just say that, you know, th these are going to be, this, this episode is going to be more about structure you know, principles, things to think about, ways to set it up so that it makes sense for your business. When it gets into the nuts and bolts, you need to get someone who does this every day to navigate the legal side of things, the HR side of things, and, you know, and just making sure that you keep it between the lines. So there you have it. Um, some yeah. of our some of our audience uh, deals with lawyers on a regular basis and some not. And when you deal with a lawyer, right, a lawyer will come at you with several different um, ideas. And remember, lawyers get paid by the hour. 
So it's great that they come up with several ideas. What you need to do is kind of uh, whittle that down into a structure. And I think that what we're going to talk about today are incentive programs. How do you incentivize certain managers? And once you get a plan, um, I think that's the point where you get a HR professional or an attorney to draft it. But I think that um, um, some of the things that we're going to talk about, I actually have written an article that will be in PMP Magazine next month in October. So um, with that, why don't we um, get into it? So I think, you know, as we start talking about this, there's a couple of things to think about. First and foremost, you know, building a successful business, it's not some nebulous thing, right? It's not like when, when people talk about building a successful business, what they're really talking about is building a successful system. And that system is the tangible things that you actually do in a business, as well as the team that you attract to your business to perform those systems. And so when you look at, and Dan, I'm sure you can talk about this and on the M&A side, you know, when you look at a value of a business, there's obviously the recurring revenue, but there's a lot more to the equation than that. It also is the team that you have and your ability to attract a really, really good team. And so when you think about building your business, you need to step back for a moment and look at, okay, is this repeatable? Do I have a really good team? And how am I compensating the, the key members of my team in a way that, you know, number one, they're happy, number two, which is by the way it's like chasing the horizon but but number two it's it's a, you know they're going to stay and they're going to continue to take my business to the next level and so you know fundamental principle number one is is that you need to have you know you need to look view your business that way that's kind of more of a mindset way of looking at your business but the second part is and we talked this is another thing we talked about before we started recording is i would say if you're two million and lower this is probably i mean Obviously, you can pay your managers and stuff like that, but be really careful because you can get yourself into a corner where your managers and your leaders are making a lot of money and you're freaking broke on the street corner because you're <laughs> trying to keep up with the system that you've created. You don't ready. You by the way, money, so. Yeah, by the way, before you uh, put a management uh, incentive program in place, take a look, take stock of your current people. It may be that, you know, the people that you have, this this uh, uh, program uh, may work for them, or you may have to go out and get somebody else. But if you go out and get somebody else, remember that is another salary. Usually managers make far more than technicians. And can you afford it? So how is it? First, you have to figure out how to afford it. And um, toward the end of this uh, uh, episode, I, I have some um, KPIs on what managers, um, you know, as a, as a percentage of revenue, we'll, we'll talk about that and whatnot. But um, the, um, again, you can look in inward and if you have the talent on staff, let's uh, get all um, employees aligned in terms of the, the strategy. And um, if you don't have that person um, perhaps you can go out, but make sure you can afford it, or perhaps you start planning for when you can afford it. So um, that's pretty, um, you know, that's pretty important. The plan needs to be built so you can retain competent managers. 
And uh, and that's really the, well, I was going to say, that's really the first point of this, right? I mean, when you look at, hey, I'm going to build, you know, I'm going to build a, a, a manager compensation plan. I'm going to build a leader compensation plan. You know, we're going to run through kind of six key points that we both feel is important as you kind of go through this process. I'm not going to tell you that <laughs> these are the six and that's it. You're all done. It could be 10. It could be three, right? I mean, it, it really depends on your situation. But but Dan just said the first one, which is, you know, when you think about this plan, the very first thing that you need to make sure is that you're retaining competent managers, meaning that you really take a look at who's on your staff. Are they capable? And you need to think big when you think about this thing. When my company is 10x the size it is now, can this person do this job? And if the answer to that question is yes, then great. This person's probably a good candidate. If the answer to that question is no, then kind of like what Dan just said, you may want to start thinking about looking outside your business, which by the way, I don't like. I would much rather pull someone that is already on staff. They understand the culture. Um, Dan and I right now are currently recording this. I'm not going to name the city. I'm not going <laughs> to name where we're at, but we're at a peer group. And we visited with a company and I was really impressed with their leadership team. You know, I think most people had been there at least eight to 10 years. Um, and I think that's really what you're looking to do is like, you know, you're, you're looking to retain managers who can get you to that 10x level. And so, um, you know, you want you want to you want to make sure that the plan is there to retain people who are looking for a career versus people who are looking for a job um, and they want to grow with the company. So. That's key point number one, Dan. Anything that you want to add to that before we keep yeah, moving just, on here? You you can tell. So a good manager will um, you know promote uh, the culture that you want. But again, you know we talk about like the EOS and we talk about all of these um, you know balanced scorecard, and it's all about aligning uh, the strategy or aligning the vision with everyone. And a manager has to be able to do that, right? You can have all the arguments you want about strategy in closed doors, but once those doors open, um, the team has to make a decision and move in a certain direction. So, um, you know, um, and and the you know it, it's it's all about low employee turnover, um, and you're going to have that low inter, uh, employee turnover if everybody is aligned in terms of what they want. If everybody's bickering and whatnot, it's it's not going to work well. So the plan needs to be built to retain competent managers. And um, the uh, second one, which we came up with, which we think is really pretty important because it has control. One more, one more before we move on to that because this yeah. is really important. Yeah. One more before we move on is – I just want to emphasize one more time. That seems so freaking obvious, right? It needs to be built to retain competent managers. I only say that because I see this so many times is that, you know, you bring a manager in. I've had this happen several times and they are freaking rock stars. They're killing it. You're like, yes, I got someone, right? They're, they're killing it. They're doing great. And, you know, you don't have the vision to see what does this person look like 10 years down the road? And so they're a rock star today, but then the business grows and then they outgrow that manager. And so all I'm going to say is that when we say the plan needs to be built to retain competent managers, your mindset should be, can this person get me to where I want to go? You may not want to go to 10X, right? You may want to go to 2X. You may want to go to 5. You may want to keep status quo. 
all I'm saying is, is that you really think through like, can this person really grow and develop with the company and can they take us where we want to go? Because I will tell you, the worst fires I've ever had to do is someone who came in and got us to a certain level and the business took off. And then all of a sudden, like the business overtook them and then eventually left them in the dust and we had to make a hard call. So just sounds so obvious and it is obvious. But well, there, there, there are, yeah, I mean, there are levels that you get to where um, the, the person who got you there might not be competent enough to get you to the next level. And that is difficult. And so if you can look out 10 years and say this person's going to be with me for 10 years, that's great. But it may not be 10 years. It may be three years or four years. But just understand, you know, um, how far this person can take you. Um, and maybe they grow and, and that is a 10-year a, a person. But but understand that, you know, things change and uh, you don't yeah. want to be so rigid that um, that person is going to be with you, you know, no matter what. So... All right. Yeah. So I'm done there. Dan. You can move on. Yeah. The so the second one is, and you may not believe this, but pest control probably isn't as sexy of an industry uh, as other industries. And so, um, you know, sometimes when you talk to folks uh, about the industry who are from outside the industry, because, um, you know, we've seen a lot of people bring people from outside the industry. They might be in other service businesses or whatnot in um you've got to sell them on the industry um so you've got to have uh, predictable and competitive compensation compared to the similar functions at similar companies and similar industries in other words you've got to make sure that you are competitive the the worst thing that can happen is you bring in this guy or gal and you know they're with you for a few years and they say you know what i'm out of here why because you're not paying me well. Um, I don't know if you've ever well, experienced other, that, Donnie, but uh, I have. I mean, the other thing I would say is just make sure that, you know, and this is more of just picking the right person. Um, but, you know, there's two parts of this. Number one is that you got to have someone who, who sees the value of pest control, but also someone who can um, get really, I hate to use this word, I don't want to say passionate, but I don't know what other word to use right now. Maybe I'm just having a senior moment, but someone who can really get excited about your company and about what you're doing and can see beyond the pest control thing. I remember, I'll never forget this. One time I had a person that we wanted to bring in for marketing and we literally was doubling her salary from where she was currently working. <laughs> She wouldn't do it because it was pest control. I'm at fell over in my chair. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like it was like for her, it was like it was beneath her to do pest control. And I bet, you know, and by the way, we ended up hiring someone else who's been fantastic. They're they're killing it and they totally get it. But I just, you know, obviously there's the there's the compensation side and then there's the engagement and seeing the big picture. You know, I, you know, when we talk about triangle, I always tell people at the end of the day. We're people helping people, right? We do it through pest control. We do it through several different avenues. But if you, you know, if you have this thing in your brain, and by the way, this this young lady, this lady was fairly young. I think you know, ten years from now, she would probably have different opinion. But you know, she couldn't get over the fact or really buy into what we're doing. So that's another part is that you know we talk about competitive compensation, and that absolutely is important. But there's also this whole buy-in into who you are, what you're doing, and what you stand for. So, 
That's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that's interesting because when I got in the industry, and maybe it's just because I've been here a long time and I see some of the most successful and wealthy people that I know are in this industry. But when I got in it, you know, um, it, 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 you know, from the outside looking in, it wasn't such a great industry. And it, and it's so funny because, um, you know, we work in the M&A space with uh, a lot of these um, private equity firms. And these guys are all Harvard and Wharton uh, MBAs, you know, who with these fancy degrees from Ivy League schools, and they're looking to get into our business. So there's something here. And um, maybe 20 years ago, it was a little difficult to see division, but um, I don't think it's that difficult to see division now. So just remember, you need to uh, be competitive in your compensation uh, as to what other companies are paying in the industry and also as to what other companies outside the industry in a similar role would be. Um, so the, 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 the action point is to do your research. Uh, you can. Um, you know, talk to your um, colleagues in the industry and or talk to executive recruiters and whatnot and, and understand what that uh, person needs to, to, to make. Yeah, at, at some point they kind of graduate beyond pest control and they are a leader or a manager. And that that's a whole different, you know, you, you can basically take what they do out of the equation because at this point they are a leader and they function on leadership team. So, all right, you want to run into number three here, Dan, as we move on? Sure. So. You know, once you have this uh, baseline that, that you want to pay this person because they're going to promote your culture and um, and and uh, move your strategy uh, forward, um, you know, that person's going to collect a paycheck. But what about incentives? Right. Um, you need to have commissions, bonuses, um, and they need to be easily calculated. So you, you've got to come come in with Here's your base salary, and here's what you can earn if you know um, you achieve certain um, objectives. Um, but the important thing is to make sure that it's easy to calculate, right? So nothing's more demoralizing to a manager than the promise of incentives when the manager starts to work. And the reason is because think about this. What and 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 what I'm leading up to is don't say to a manager you're going to get a percentage of net profit. Because at the end of the day, you as an owner are at odds with your manager. Because, yeah, you want to make a profit all year round until December. You want to kill it. You want to, uh, you don't want to pay taxes. So you want to take that profit down to zero. And here this manager thinks that, um, you know, he's doing great or she's doing great. And um, at the end of the year, you know, uh, you 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 change um, their view of of, you of pop the balloon um, commission is going to yeah you pop the balloon so make sure so I always like to to look at you know for incentives for a manager at things like gross margin and or you know sales KPIs and or certain things that you want to focus on I don't like to say well you can have a percentage of the profit um, because profit is a um, you know um, you know, you ask an accountant, uh, what's my profit? And a good accountant will tell you, what do you want it to be? Right. So <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> so that, that, that's. Uh, All right. But, so I've tell me about. Incentives and, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. What, what do you think about uh, well, commissions, there, bonuses, other incentives? There's two things here. Number one is. You've got to go big picture and you've got to look at, um, you know, when you look at incentives and I forgot what book 
this was, and I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but it, it has always stuck with me. Um, but it was talking about, you know, making sure you get the right incentives. And um, gosh, I wish I could remember what book this was. I'll think of the story here in a moment or the book. But essentially, they brought this consulting firm into a city and they were basically trying to determine how effective the city was at policing the city, like how effective were their police officers. And what the consulting firm found was that these police officers would come into work, they would jump in the car, they would drive 90 miles an hour and go back and forth up and down the interstate through the city. Like they would spend eight hours doing that. And so they're like, you know, they, they, they do this for like two months and they're trying to figure out like, what the hell is going on? Why are these police officers not taking, they're not stopping speeders, not, you know, they were obviously responding to calls, but the, in general, these police officers were, you know, 80, 90 miles an hour up and down the, up and down the interstate for this city. And they're like, why are they doing this? Well, after two months, they, they take it to, you know, whoever's running the police department. I don't know who the hell does that, but, but, and they, they find out that the, that effective police work was defined and incentivized by the number of miles the police officers were driving. So, so that's what they were doing. They would come in and they would jump in the car and you know go back and forth so they could get their mileage up because it was part of their incentive plan. And so that obviously was a misplaced incentive. Someone somehow somebody had to find great police work as how many miles did they drive, and obviously it had unintended consequences. And so that's that's number one. Number two, and and Dan, you kind of mentioned this is you know there's a couple ways of of, of you know, getting the right metrics in place. Gross margin is one if it's an ops person. If it's someone more higher level, one of the things that I do, and, and really what Dan's talking about here, is disconnecting or making it so that you and your managers are sitting on the same side of the table so that you can do things at the end of the year if you want to make purchases or whatever, that you don't really don't affect their ability to earn or do what they did. What I do at Triangle is I have net profit and then I have net profit after Donnie does whatever he does right and so what is that a does, line item on your PL? oh my gosh I Donnie, hate whatever Donnie does I hate to even <laughs> say this because I know when I say it people are like well no Donnie's doing it. like it's not <laughs> but but Planes, yachts yeah oh my gosh yes lifestyles you know Robin Leach lifestyles no not at all but the point is by is the that, way just for, for we we do need a point of clarification um, Donnie is not a tax cheat like some of the episodes ago. I got a, 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 an email that uh, Donnie was a tax cheat, and um, oh. so confirmed that he's not. But I uh, appreciate but, that. Yes, I do. But but the point here is is that you know you what, when you do it that way, you know for the business overall, you can do whatever you need to do. You know to to like if you want to purchase equipment or whatever, but it doesn't change their profit number. Um, and so it's a way that they can continue to drive the business, still get their incentives, and you're not like deflating them or somehow working around them. Because Dan's right. You bring people in, you say, look, I'm going to bonus you on profit. And at the end of the year, you do something that is out of their control. That's a really crappy thing to do on people who are worth their weight are not going to stick around. They're not going to put up with that. So, all right. Next point, Dan. Let's keep rolling. Uh, the plan needs to deliver secure employment. Okay. Um, so um, the people who you want working for your business probably are 
family people who have kids who are saving for their college education, who are paying a mortgage, who have a car payment and responsibility, right? And so they need secure employment in order to live their lives the way that they want to. So you've got to be able to provide that type of uh, environment. The other thing, so so if, if we're talking about uh, companies that are way down south where the weather's warm all year round, it's probably a little easier. If you're talking um, about companies in the north who you know have seasonal uh, or seasonality in their business, you've got to figure out a way to take the seasonality out of our business. And we and we've done that over the past ten or fifteen years through you know um, uh, you know monthly um, um, payment plans and things like that, where the so the cash flow is evenly distributed, even though there might be snow on the ground. But but it's really important that you're able to provide steady employment and compensation is um, you know um, earned roughly evenly throughout the year um, that's extremely important well the other thing i would say too is you know the mindset that you have um, of a manager right when you think about someone in sales or you know a leader someone in sales it's commission only and that industry tends to attract people who are high risk takers I don't know that I want someone on my leadership team that is an all or nothing risk taker. And it's just, just not, you know, they, you know, so, so Dan, I agree with what you're saying. You want to be able to provide, here's your baseline, but then here's what you can make. And so that way it gives this stability because if you got someone on your leadership team that's worried about how they're going to pay their mortgage or they worried about how their kid's going to go to college or whatever, they're not going to bring their best selves to work. And so it's the baseline of, what can you get to um, and what can you agree to that is acceptable to you? But then also this whole, there absolutely has to be a performance metric or a performance piece to where the, the, the better results they get, the, you know, the, the better they make. And, and I will tell you the other part of this, which we, we didn't talk about this, but I think it's absolutely critical. No matter what you do, it should be self-funding, 100% self-funding above and beyond what you want the business to do. So for example, if you're saying, hey, I want to grow 15%, you can create some incentive plan where a person can make another 50,000 a year. Well, then that 50,000 should be above and beyond what you're looking for, what you have to have. And so that's getting a little too far in the weeds, but it, you know, it should be self-funding. It, it really isn't. It, it's not getting too far in the weeds because if you think about, so there's, and, and, you know, there's a debate throughout the industry and it still goes on is, when you have a salesperson and or a manager do and 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 they sell something or do whatever do you give them a lump sum up front or do you give them uh, as the the cash comes in the issue with so it, it's usually uh like residential salespeople versus commercial salespeople right commercial salespeople they have to go you know a lot of prospecting and whatnot and then they close a big account and if you pay them as you go, they might not make the commission that, um, you know, like a residential person who's fed leads, right? But once they get rolling, if you pay as you go, it is totally self-funding. And for those companies who are in cold weather states, you're getting the money coming in because you're getting that uh, cash flow from the sale that they made. I believe that in pest control, if you're going to get somebody up and running, maybe you create a program for a few months where you kind of supplement their income and then push them, push that down as the 
revenues come in so that you can pay them, you know, as the cash comes in. Um, it also makes for, um, you know, it, 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 um, it, it also creates, I don't want to call it a golden handcuffs, maybe a bronze handcuffs, because if they leave, then they're leaving money on the table. <laughs> golden handcuffs would be a, 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 like some, some sort of management incentive award, but, uh, but certainly oh, a bronze boy. handcuff, you know? So uh, okay. that one you need to check with your lawyer. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure that it can be crafted exactly the way I said. So, um, all right. So see. the next point I will, yeah, I was going to say the next point I will, I will talk a little bit about. And, and, and the point is, is that the plan rewards loyalty as well as competence and performance. And it's interesting because in the airlines, it's all about loyalty and you know seniority. When you go to work for an airline, who cares what you score on your check ride? Who cares how many hours you fly? Like the only metric that is used in terms of you know when there are layoffs, how do you keep your job? The only metric that's used as far as what do you get in your pay? It's all based on seniority. Now in business, you can't operate that way. You know in the airlines, they're okay. These guys got to get to a minimum standard. They got to be able to fly an airplane. And so they don't use any other metrics. That's the only one. It's so critical. But I would say <clears throat> this is something that this is common sense, right? We we have just gone through this whole massive inflation period. I hope that it's over. But it, it created a real quagmire for a lot of companies, mine included, which is where I've got a guy on staff who's making X dollars per hour. And then, you know, because of inflation to bring new folks in, I've got to raise that. And now all of a sudden someone who is coming in is making more than the person that's been with me for three, five, 10 years. You just can't do that, you know, and people will find out about that. And now obviously if there's cases where, you know, this person is more talented or they have a different job, of course, right? That, that, doesn't, that doesn't apply, but you want to make sure that the longer the person stays and the more loyal they are to you, the better the plan pays out for them. Because at the end of the day, if they are producing results and they are, are helping you know you get your business where you want it to go, you know, they're gonna be attractive to other people. And you know, you want to make it so that it has that component where, hey, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm incentivized not only for the performance that I have, but the loyalty that I have to the owner. So also, so like you said, the with the airline pilots, I guess it's just assumed that they know how to fly a plane and do all of those things. But that's right. Don't always assume it, right? Uh, well, I hope with the pilot, <laughs> any flight that I'm on, I, I would assume it. But uh, but but if if you've got a manager, you you've got to make sure that they understand the business that you're in, that that, that they, you know, uh, have a basic understanding of chemistry and entomology, right? And, uh, you know, how to, uh, um, you know, uh, take care of uh, customers and whatnot. So, um, you know, you could offer incentives for, you know, passing certain levels of training and things like that. But uh, yeah, um, don't assume that everybody's technically competent. Um, just, you know, uh, verify it and uh, but, well, but loyalty and technical competence are two things that uh, that, that you want to uh, plan some rewards for. So, so this is one point in the, in the podcast where I'm going to diverge a little bit and disagree slightly with what Dan just said. He said entomology. Right. And, yeah, he said entomology. And what was the other one you said? 
chemistry. Entomology and and, and and yeah, chemistry and customers. I think all of that is crap. <laughs> what you want is you want someone who's really good with people. That's the whole idea behind being a manager. That's true. And so, That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. So to me, but you still you have know, to talk about the product or service you offer, right? You do have to talk about the. You do have to talk about it. But to me, I will take anyone who can who, who's really really good with people any day of the week over someone that can tell me what frippanil is or how bifesteroid works really really well on spiders, right? Just it's just what it is. So anyway. Again. To have both is to have both is 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 a good. Uh, I agree. Yes, yes, right. yes. So we're, we're back. All right, we're Daniel, back in, uh, we're we're back in alignment. So you, the last point here, number six. So the plan provides for leadership and a clear vision of the company's goals, including profitability. Again, do not. Well, in my opinion, don't incent somebody on the bottom line profit. But if you have a gross margin that's in the slot or you know you're making the kpis the other profitability kpis that's what you want to focus on um and so you know obviously you have to talk to folks about you know this is the growth pattern we want this is the profit that we want to show this is the gross margin and if you do that these are the the days outstanding and accounts receivable you know a whole bunch of financial metrics that lead to profitability that's what you want to compensate folks on. And and I, I said at the beginning of this uh, episode that I'd talk about some percentages. So um, based on our uh, cost study, management labor uh, revenues should be about 5 to 12% range for a mature company and or office. But this only includes compensation, does not include benefits or payroll taxes. So once we add those, that's another couple points on that. Um, but you got to make sure that you have the 401k, the health benefits, Maybe life, maybe some disability. Um, you've got to be competitive with with um, with others in your industry and outside your industry, right? Because how many how many times during uh, this whole pandemic thing, where like Amazon is is hiring warehouse people for thirty bucks, and you know you're uh, you're losing people because of that. So you got to make sure that you're competitive with people in the industry and outside the industry, if 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 possible, and it's not always possible. Well, the, the other thing is, you know, I would say, and you mentioned this, and, and I just want to bring it back to the principle. The principle here is, is that don't ever give an incentive that the leader or the manager is not 100% in control of. You know, so when you look at profit, for example, that's a great metric, but they've got to be able to affect that number. Gross margin, you know, if they're an ops manager, for example, 100% within their control. If you give incentives where it's, you know, in my mind, now this is Donnie's opinion, where they're not in 100% control, you run the risk of if it going sideways really quick. Um, so, so that, I mean, we've mentioned that in the past, but that's that's super, super important to make sure that you don't forget that. The second thing is there are so many vehicles that you can use to do these plans, depending on, you know, it, it, from salary to what Dan just talked about in terms of 401k, you could create a different class of employee type, which means that you, and again, this is getting into the legalese and the HR folks, but you know, you could, you could potentially give more um, money and there's, there's, there's rules about how much you can and how much you can't do it. There's insurance policies that you can do that, you know, one of the things that we do at Triangle, and, and I think, I think every company should do this, is when we sit down and we show people their total compensation, 
where you look at, okay, here's the dollar amount. Here's your insurance. Here's our contribution to 401k. Here's your car. Here's, here's a, and all these things combined, this is what you really are getting. Um, and, and so it, it, it helps you be really competitive because I think our industry is very competitive when you look at what's out there, um, you know, when you put everything together. But sometimes we just don't, we just don't show well and we probably should show a little bit better. And so I think when I'm talking about giving people money, I'm certainly not talking about brown paper sacks. <laughs> As one of our uh, mutual clients. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. What I'm talking but, about is, you know, you may, you may get to the end of the year and someone is like, they're killing it and they didn't contribute 100% to their 401k. You might be able to make up the difference that they can do a max contribution. There's other things that you can do. Um, and it, you know, it saves them taxes. It, you know, so, so anyway, there's, the, you know, the, the options are limitless. The main thing is, is that make sure that the incentive is 100% within their control. And then number two, make sure it's self-funding. And then number three, and, and I think this is important, is make sure the incentive makes sense to the manager. Like it's something that they want, you know, so. And and, and Donnie said something really important. Every once in a while he does. And uh, <laughs> the... A block. I hey, love, even, a broke, even uh, a broke clock is right twice a day. So <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> but uh, I think um, when you line up a compensation program and kind of, okay, this is what you make in wages. This is your potential for bonuses. This is what the company pays for health insurance. This is the 401k match. This is how much we pay for disability and, you know, other uh, fringe benefits, cars, gas, whatever. Right. And so I think that that's it, it's it's really important to do that so that people really understand how much it costs the company to have you or, uh, or a, a an employee on board. So um, I, I think that that's um, uh, really important. And I, and I love the idea of, of doing that. And, and you should probably do it for all job functions, um, not to stick it in people's faces, but just to let them know I I do a. a, a a seminar on uh, break-even analysis, and I talk about like a guy. And again, now it's it, it it's a few years ago, but I talk about a twelve dollar an hour guy who puts in an average of seven hours of week uh, of overtime a week, and what it actually costs the company, and 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 it's well more than fifty thousand dollars a year, um, even though the 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 twelve dollar an hour guy doesn't see that. And uh, so it's it's really important that you line it up and and show that uh, hey you know here's what we're investing in you and um, you know there's there's uh, we we've got some great incentives to 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 make you better and, and um, you know stick with the company so I think with that well let's um, yeah let's do a recap here so just just to bring it back you know when you're thinking about manager and leader compensation you know obviously the big disclaimers this was very broad it's a very broad podcast it's more about how to set it up always consult attorneys and hr professionals before you set anything up don't just willy-nilly go out and create something and say this is what we're going to do going forward i absolutely would highly recommend you do not do that it's really important that you get it blessed because i promise you you could set up a way or you you know if, if you get illegal or sideways on one of these and you get sued it's going to cost you a hell of a lot more money than you are going to make um to get out of it so so that's the you know the disclaimer. So number one, 
and it sounds so basic, but remember the key word here, the plan needs to be built to retain competent managers. Think 10X when you're, when you're thinking about this. Number two, the plan has to provide predictable and competitive compensation, meaning that you can't have people who are like, you know, compensated like salespeople. They're, you know, really good managers. They're just not, they need more stability than that. Number three, you, you know, you want to make sure that you set it up in a way where it gives a chance for the, for the manager, the leader to earn a higher income based on performance. But I would say with that, be careful, make sure that their, that incentive pay is 100% with under their control. Um, number four, which we kind of talked about this, it has to deliver secure employment, meaning that you can't, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I don't think anyone would be this way that listens to the podcast, but you perform or you're fired, right? I mean, obviously, I'm not telling you that if someone doesn't perform, you need to keep them on staff, but I mean, there should be like a process, right? It shouldn't be like a one month and done. Um, number five is loyalty and competence, and in this case, and performance, right? Making sure that, you know, there's a, whatever you do with the plan, there's a performance component, but there's also a loyalty slash seniority component that makes sense. And then the last thing is, is that, you know, the, the, the plan needs to be um, aligned with what you're going, where you're going as a business, and it has to be self-funding. It absolutely needs to be, you know, you need, you can't have <clears throat> misaligned, like, we, and I've had this happen at Triangle several times, just, just, just so you know, I mean, it's where I've had managers hitting their goals and the company not hitting theirs. That's a big problem. So you just, you know, th these are things that are, you just have to constantly come back to and I would say at least on an annual basis where you're making sure that the goals that you're lining up for your managers are absolutely in line with what the company. And that sounds so obvious, but it's easy sometimes as you're growing really, really fast to get down the road and realize, well, maybe we're not quite as aligned as I thought we were. And so you should never be paying out any incentive to managers or leaders if the company's not winning first. That's that's the rule. So, all right, Dan, anything to add before we finish out here? No, I think that this is a, a pretty good uh, episode. I think it's a, a pretty comprehensive. Uh, again, check with, uh, you know, uh, take these six points, put it out on paper, decide what you want to do, put it in front of a, a, an attorney and or HR professional uh, before you do anything to make sure that uh, you're in compliance and then, um, you know, live the dream. Absolutely. And then the last thing I'll just add to what you just said there, Dan, is, um, I know this goes without saying, but make sure that when you do this, you sit down and you write your own document first of what you want before you give it to an attorney or an HR person. It's going to save you a lot of money. It's certainly going to save you a lot, save of, time. You a lot of money. People work by yeah. consultants who work by the hour love to work by the hour. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So, all right, folks, with that, just a reminder that all the resources and topics that we talked about today are available on the podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes. And as always, we appreciate any and all ratings and reviews, both good and bad. You can do that on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, however it is that you consume the podcast. And with that, we're going to sign off. We'll talk to you all later. Take care now. Thanks so much.